Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 254, and it is titled, Are Modern Relationships Working? And What Can We Learn from the Past? with Amelia Nagy. So we, Amelia and I, uh, spoke quite a while back, and she actually had me on her summit that she was doing. And we just connected on so many levels when we really got talking shop about, you know, masculinity and femininity and all that stuff that I really wanted to have her on the show. So we conspired to create this episode quite a while ago, but between her travels and my travels and life, we just had to keep pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. So I am really excited to finally have this conversation because just from the talks that we've had personally, either on your summit or just in our pre-interview calls, I know that there are so, so many just valuable pieces of gold that are going to show up in this conversation that people really need to hear. So we're going to be talking about modern relationships today. Uh, Are they working? Are they not working? Uh, What could people do better? Uh, Where are people going wrong? Uh, And what can we learn from the past, the way that we used to do relationships? Is there valuable stuff there that we could be uh, bringing with us in today's uh, relationships. So it's going to be a fascinating conversation. I'm excited to uh, really have that conversation. But before we do, quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed? Then check out Power and Mastery. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections last longer or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Longtime listeners know that those are the men's sexual mastery courses that Celine and I created, and we get amazing feedback. It really shifts people's lives. I mean, really really changes their lives. So go check that out at powerandmastery.com. Okay, so my guest today is Amelia Negan. She is a dating relationship and marriage mentor to feminine leaders who want to live in ecstatic divine union with their masculine counterpart. Her gifts and training as a medium and Reiki healer allow her to see deep into the soul layers of who you are and work with you in a playful and compassionate way to move you through your next or first miracle. She helps you connect to your audacity and authenticity by facilitating sacred space for deep inner vision, healing of emotional, spiritual, and generational wounds, injuries, and dishonor, claiming your sovereign creative power and dating discerningly for a true loving partnership. She was born in Bulgaria and grew up in the U.S. and Canada, and she currently resides with her soulmate, twin flame, and husband, Emil, eight-year-old daughter, Alessandra, two cats, four chickens, and one horse. (laughs) You got quite the family going on there. Amelia, welcome to the show. Kevin, thank you so much for having me. It's so fun. I'm so excited to chat with you. And thank you so much for doing these uh, amazing podcasts. You are welcome. I love doing these podcasts. And, um, you know, 
I tend to get good feedback, but every once in a while, you know, somebody really shows up and gives you that feedback that just that keeps you going, keeps you doing it, you know, because it's a lot of work. And, uh, and that's been happening a bit more lately. So uh, that's been really stoking my fire to keep doing this work. That's amazing. All right. So let's just jump in here because we, we got to we got to lay some foundation here for what it is that we are talking about. So, you know, as a relationship coach myself, I really see modern relationships struggling in so many ways. But I'm also curious about how other people, including yourself, see modern relationships. And so my first question is, you know, we're seeing both men and women struggle in relationships or even getting into a relationship. What are some of the things that you see when you work with people that they're struggling with? What are the big modern struggles that you see? Yeah, well, because I primarily work with feminine leaders, these are women who have a vision, they have a mission, they're living on purpose, they're creating something in the world, you know, something that we didn't really necessarily have so much of if we go back like 50 years because we had a different society then. The biggest issue that I see is a mismatch in polarities where it's a feminine leader and she has a strong mission and he, she's very, um, she's like on earth to, she doesn't belong to the old world. She's here to build the new world and she knows it. And she's a feminine being, but she has fire and she has strength and she has power and she, and she's going right. And so she ends up putting off a lot of masculine energy because she's creating so much and ends up with effeminate men or doesn't know how to pick a masculine man. And, and there just becomes such a, a, a pattern there where these these women are really struggling to find the right partner and and the one of the main reasons i think is the polarity i see that a lot the polarity and the lack of understanding thereof another one i see a lot is just you know because we have so much mismanagement not management there's so much misinformation when it comes to what works in relationship, what love really is, what spirituality really is, what connection really is, what feminine and masculine really is, right? Like what the sacredness of it is, the innateness of it is, the, the design of it, if you will, the divine design. There's so much confusion also about what that should look like. So then, you know, that gets brought into the relationships in terms of how people think they should fix things or what they think they should act like. And so there's a polarity mismatch. There's a misinformation and confusion that I see a lot. And I'd say those are probably some of the main things. The last piece, the last third thing I would say is just a lot of blended families, entrepreneurship, like missions, you know, we're building new earth, right? The light workers are bringing, bringing in new earth. And so there's confusion around how to bring all those pieces together in a harmonious way. That's what I see. All right. Well, those are some big <laughs> things that you just threw out there. And you went right right from the start. You went for the big one, which is the polarity mismatch. 
Polarity is something that I and my wife, Celine, have talked about on this show a lot. We've done whole episodes on it, and there's hardly a topic that comes up when speaking about relationships that polarity doesn't somehow come into the mix because it really is that important. So interesting that you are working primarily with, you know, women who are, you know, as you're calling them kind of high performing leaders, right? So they're women who are probably in positions like CEO or, you know, some high level position, lawyers, stuff like that. One of the things that I've seen, and you can tell me if you see this as well, you said in your first answer that they are feminine beings, but that they're operating a lot of the time in their masculine. So one of the things that I see is that it's not, and this is where people get confused with polarity teachings, by the way, this is a big problem that, that, that people have with polarity teachings is when you start to talk about it, they will say, well, what's wrong with a woman being in her masculine, right? We've all got ma- uh, uh, masculine and feminine energies in us. What's wrong with that, right? And, and they, they tend to think that we're saying that a woman can't operate in that space, which is not at all what we're saying when we're talking about these polarities. So what I see, and you can tell me what you think about this, it's not so much that they're operating from their masculine. It's that they don't know how to switch back and forth from masculine to feminine in the appropriate situation. So when she's in the boardroom and she's being CEO and she's totally in her masculine, great. But then she goes home and she goes to go out on a date and she shows up as the masculine CEO on the date and that's a problem. Do you see a similar thing? Yes, yes, yes. And there's there's the issue of switching back and forth. And then that kind of draws in with it. I think that the second piece, which is the miscommunication and misunderstanding about what that means, you know, like I have women tell me, well, he should take charge, but you know, like they're listening to polarity teachings and they're listening to, you know, well, the feminist should submit. Well, I'm just like, I'm waiting for him to take charge. I'm, I'm submitting. I thought I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's like, yes. And Healthy masculine men don't control. You know, there's a whole a diff, there's such a big difference between we're partnering, we're co-creating, and we're we're moving together. And and healthy masculine men are responding to the feminine because they lead. You guys always lead with us in mind. You don't want to lead us where we don't want to go. You don't want to lead us into you know w- without information from us, right? Yes. And so you know, there's. That's what, so in addition, yes, to the energy, then the complicate, the next complication comes in there with like, well, I thought it meant this and I thought it meant that. And I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. And it's like, yes. And no, it's not about you, you either submitting or uh, leading. It's about the dance, the dance of, of move, of moving back and forth and the energy flow the energy flowing from the masculine to the feminine being received and being reciprocated and back again, right? Like these ancient teachings that I think indigenous societies know about, I think these things were just part of the culture and who we were as human beings. You know, I know Native American ceremonies separate the men and women in a lot of the ceremonies I took part of because of the spiritual essences, right? And so 
yeah, there's, 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 there's definitely that piece of not knowing when to switch and not knowing how to keep the energy flowing. And then like the misinformation on top of that coming in and making a big mess out of the situation on top of that. <laughs> yeah, big mess indeed. You know, one thing I want to point out about what you were sharing is, yeah, I agree that some of these women do say that, well, I'm waiting for him to step up. But given the current climate, a lot of men are outright afraid to step up for fear of being accused of being toxic masculinity, right? Uh, and and yeah. when you have a woman who is really strong and is in her masculine, and she's not creating the space to allow space. him to step in there, so now you've got, there's no space for him to, to step up and, and fill that with the fear of, well, if I force my way into that space that isn't there, somehow now I'm going to be considered toxic masculine. Exactly. When there's no invitation from the feminine, when she doesn't know how to do that, when she occupies the full space and there's no empty space and no receptivity from her, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, that's, again, men are not going to... You know, healthy men are not going to force us. So if we're not open and we're not available and we're not creating an invitation and an opening, I mean, healthy men, I think they usually just exit that situation because they just feel like, you know, there's no room for me here. There's no space for me energetically. There's no space for a masculine man here. Yes, yes. And that, I really hope people heard that that little segment that we both just contributed to because I think it's one, it's really important. And two, I think it's really misunderstood. Yeah. It, it, it's really, like you said, there's so much miscommunication that's happening in that area with one not realizing that she's not creating space and another not wanting to, to you know, force it and then neither of them communicating about it and then nothing happens. Right. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why I think for 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 women... You know, it's really important to understand that, yeah, there is a blind spot. There is a blind spot because of our culture, because of our upbringing. And it's in some ways, it's not even really their fault because they live in this culture. You know, this is the this is the environment. This is the outward sort of narration that's happening. Right. And um a lot of women blame themselves, you know, that things don't work out. They think something's wrong with them. And then they start going into the other sort of mass media, you know, propaganda spiral, which is you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Go by this, go by this, go by this, go by this, right? So all these things, all these messages that work to keep us out of our power, to keep us out of our creative, sovereign identity so that we feel out of control of our lives and unable to create what we desire, what we want, how we want to experience life. Like, So we definitely have to, I think, take that into consideration because it, it happens to the best of us. Okay. You know, I think I made a mistake with uh, this episode and I'll tell you how. So if when I do episodes on my own, I have sound effects, but I don't generally set up my sound effects board when I do interviews because generally I want to keep more space 
for my guest to speak and not not interrupt with silly sound effects that I find entertaining and other people maybe don't. However, you just dropped, I have a sound effect that is the, the truth bomb. Anytime somebody says something that is like just a big truth, especially one that isn't talked about, I drop a truth bomb. And I don't have my truth bomb handy today, but you just, you, you, you said the, un, the, the, the silent part out loud about the agenda to take away your sovereignty and your creativity and, and all of that. And that really is a huge part of what's happening. And that leads me into the next question that I wanted to ask you, which is, um, there are a lot of narratives out there that the mainstream is giving us about how women are supposed to be in relationship, how men are supposed to be in relationship, uh, what relationships are supposed to look like. And I'm wondering if maybe you could just throw out a couple of those narratives that you see that are out there and that are pervasive in the mainstream that are negatively affecting people's ability to have great relationships. No, I mean, I think for, I speak primarily, I know there's, a lot of messages for men, um, you know, but I mean, the, the, the most obvious ones are like, you know, women are gold diggers, right? All men want to sex. And I mean, that's just propagated over and over, you know, over and over and over, over and over. It's, it's, it's so simple and like so ludicrous, but you know, there is a element where I still see powerful, intelligent, badass women buy into some form of that somehow the masculine wants um that uh, I, like for example a younger woman like I, I I hear this from women that are like you know conscious that are like well that's you know my friend just got dumped her man just dumped her for for a younger version so this is obviously something men want and it's like Yes, some men, you know, consider that, you know, um, were acceptable for whatever reason. But I wouldn't necessarily say those are the healthy men. And if they do, it's not for the reason that they think. It usually doesn't have to do with the looks. It has to do with the vitality and the energy and the femininity. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's just this bastardization of 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 who we are as beings and 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 so i mean those are very very it's very interesting to me how empowered women who are otherwise empowered like financially educationally right they have an experience of empowerment in their lives in all other areas but they're lacking it when it comes to their partnership with the masculine because they're not defining their own role and using their own creative power to create that union. They're relying on outside messages and buying into the mainstream. And so because they're not standing in their creative power in their realm of relationships with men, they're, they're not creating. They're just assimilating what's or appropriating, right? What's being given to them. And I, it really is, I find it amazing that, that, that women have stood up in so many areas in terms of empowering themselves and creating their lives. But in this area, there's still a lot of help needed. 
<laughs> yeah, well, the, the narratives are, are strong. And so <laughs> I want to I address that point you just made about the, the men leaving women for younger versions. And you're right. The assumption is always because she's younger and maybe potentially better looking. I can honestly tell you from a man's point of view, while yes, we are all attracted to youth and vitality, that is not the main reason. The main reason, the main reason from a man's point of view is most likely because the younger woman is more likely to be in her feminine in a sense that she allows him to take lead. Because there's an age difference, there's an automatic power differential there. There's an automatic polarity there because of the age difference. And the younger woman is a lot less likely to complain, to compete, to challenge, to do all those things that, that, um, really negatively affect the relationship. So yeah. if the, if the older women simply were able to be in that same space as the younger women, they probably see the men would, uh, would not leave as much. I, and I can honestly tell you, I see beautiful young women all the time. And I'm like, wow, that woman is just gorgeous, like the perfect body. And, you know, as a man, your mind goes, wow, what would it be like to have sex with her? But here's, here's the very next thought that comes in almost every time. I would never date her because she's not mature enough, right? We, we, we don't want... You're talking like you're old. You're so young. <laughs> you're talking like you're old. Thank you. Well, but... but, the, but so I used to have a rule. So thank you for that. I just turned 49. So <laughs> No way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Whoa, no way. And, and, and in my 40s, I had a rule. Well, I'm still in my 40s. But in my earlier 40s, I had a rule that I wouldn't date anybody under 30 because I felt like none of the women that were younger than that had the level of, of maturity that I needed uh, to be in a relationship. And so, yeah, there, there is an attraction to the youth and the beauty, for sure. But that's not what makes a relationship great. What makes a relationship great is the maturity, the connection, the communication, all that other stuff. And that, to me, is what's most important. And that's why I say, you know, yeah, there are some men that probably only care about the arm candy. Okay, great. But they're not the good men anyway, as you rightly pointed out, right? And the good men, it's not just that they want a younger model. They, they want the polarity, they want the connection, the communication, and, you know, a harmonious, loving relationship. So that, that's my take on it, and uh, I, I think you tend to agree with that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also just quickly address uh, some of the narratives that I see that are um, really negatively affecting relationships, in addition to the ones that you've already pointed out. And I see a lot of narrative around there's no difference between men and women. There's no difference between the sexes. That's one of the narratives right there. So when you're talking about polarity, how can you have polarity in a relationship if you think there's no difference between men and women? Anybody whose eyes are open can clearly see there are really big differences. And that's great. The differences are what make us come together as a couple, that, that's the spice of life. That is the polarity. So embrace the differences. Um, so that's one big narrative uh, that I see that's really harming people. The other big narrative, and we've touched on it before, 
is toxic masculinity. So this big narrative is out there telling all these women that, and telling the men too, by the way, that if you show masculine traits, then you're toxic, right? And here's the problem with that that I see is, and, and you're saying the same thing here, and, and actually you can speak to this a little bit uh, after my little rant here, <laughs> but these women are craving a masculine man, a man who's going to step up and be in that masculine role. Yet the narrative is telling them that anytime they see masculine behavior, that somehow that's toxic and they should run away from it. On the man's side, right, they're, fig- they're trying to figure out why their relationships aren't working and why they- they're constantly fighting uh, and breaking up with you know, all the women that they date because they're not stepping up into their masculine. But then they're also being told that if they do those masculine things, that that's not what women want because it's toxic. Yeah, so hard. Like, you can't win, you know? I think it's, there's that, there's a poem I read recently that I love. It talks about how, like, a woman, you know, I was told, I did this, I spoke up, I was too loud, I stopped speaking. Why was I so quiet? You know, it's like, it's like you you can't win, right? You can't win. And again, why it's so important to be in touch with our own sovereign creative power, our, our connection to the divine, our connection to our soul, whatever does that, meditation, martial arts, tai chi, creative activities, playing music, right? Like whatever does that prayer, whatever it does that for, for, for you. Um, but just getting in touch with our inner inner self, inner voice, because I think if we follow those messages, those outward messages, um, not only are we not going to have a fulfilling life because it's going to be based on somebody else's idea of success, it's also going to lead to some of these things that you're talking about because we're going to buy into these narratives and then end up manifesting unfortunately those realities you know and so I don't know what um like I don't work with men so I wouldn't like know what to tell men um but women I definitely talk about biochemically biochemically let's just start there you know and with all the narratives that are happening now about transgender and switching genders it's so it's such an oxymoron to me because it's like you can switch genders, but you have to take all these hormones. So isn't that like already an oxymoron that no, you can't switch genders because here's all this, uh, you know, things that you need to take in order to be able to be this other gender, right? Like, I mean, it's it's absolutely appalling to me, those things, you know, because to me, they are... Um, they're, they're against the divine design. And there's reasons for that. You know, we know we, we, we probably won't get into that here because we're not talking about that topic. But in my opinion, it's like, you know, those are the, those are the additional ways that light workers and, and feminine leaders need to be warriors, like, and not, not in the sense of being in your masculine, but we do need to stand in our own reality and in our own um, understanding of, of, of who and what we are. And if we don't have an understanding of that, then seek it, then ask to be shown our cosmic place, ask to be shown our nature by design. You know, these are just things that 
I, I think maybe maybe they're counter counterintuitive for people, but I think until we do them and we do them consistently, we're going to be running into these things because we're going to be buying into them and living according to them simply because they're messages that someone puts out and puts out repeatedly until we start listening to our own inner voice, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, yeah, it's there's a whole bunch of things that we could talk about that aren't really necessarily relevant to this discussion. And that would take us like a whole nother hour of the show to right. do. But but you're right. I'm, I'm somewhat struggling on how to approach the subject without going down the rabbit hole. But they're right. like the, one example. So as we're recording this, just this past uh, weekend, uh, Mickey Willis released his third version in the uh, uh, pandemic series called The Great Awakening. And I don't know if you have seen it yet. It literally just came out. But one of the things he talks about in there is how the Chinese Communist Party uh, in the past was taking gender out and making all the men and women dress exactly the same, shave their heads, taking all the things that defined a man or a woman out. And, and he talks about the reason why they did that and what the what the point of that was. The reason he talks about it in that movie is because he's showing you why they're pushing that so hard today. I don't want to go down that that rabbit hole. Uh, I stay away in this particular show uh, from most geopolitical things, but understand that there is a reason behind it. It's not just happening organically. And the second point I want to make, and I think you'll probably agree with this also, is there are people in this world that believe that man is more powerful than God. Whatever you, whatever version of God you think exists, you know, whatever your version is, you know, some people it's just spirit, it's universe, other people it's Jesus, other people it's, you know, whatever version you think exists out there, there are a lot of people who believe that we can do better as humans. I think it's insane. <laughs> Where have we ever as humans demonstrated that we can do better? Never that I've ever seen. But this idea that, that nature, what, it, what happens in nature, we can somehow re-engineer it to be better than it was engineered. And every time I've ever seen that done uh, throughout you know, history, it's been a disaster for humans. And so we see that here with, with men, women in relationships. We're rewriting the natural order of masculine and feminine relationships. And what we're witnessing in our society is yet again another disaster. Yeah. And it's, and it's so painful, you know, it's so painful and it's, it's such a stripping of, of our divinity, you know, I, as this, how I see it. And, and to me, it's, it's very obvious the agenda and it's very obvious to me now that I'm, you know, in at this point in my life where I am, where I am in a sacred union and I'm in the, the the incredible kingdom of that, right? Like the power of that, um, the synergy that happens and the empowerment that happens and the sovereignty and, and like these, like, you know, we have like a castle wall now against the establishment, if you will. Like they, they can't break through with their messages because we have each other, you know? And I think 
Sovereign unions, those sacred unions, they're under attack. And, and that's why polarity is under attack. That's why the feminine and the masculine is under attack. Because when that energy combines, because of their complements, when those complements combine and the energy is flowing between the two partners, the way that it was designed to flow, there's a synergy. It's not just a symbiosis. It's not one plus one is two. It's now one plus one is almost infinite because it's it's abundantly divine. It's it's creative. It's infinitely creative, and the possibilities are endless. And and we we don't live in that world yet. Like we're still you know transitioning from three D into five D. So this is, I believe, some of the steps that humanity is taking now so that we can come into the new earth so that we can create that new earth because in the new earth we are going to have sacred unions i think that's the foundation for society like imagine if that was the foundation for society those synergistic unions and then that's what the children are being raised in that's the foundation of how companies are run and 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 the world is going right like i think that's where they're go we're going as humanity and i think that's why you and i are here you know there's a lot of us holding those codes and those visions but i mean it is it is definitely and seriously under attack because it is such an empowering place to be and it's it's yeah it's not it's not by accident. No, it is not by accident. They understand that their system will be gone if we're able to really bring about these uh, synergistic relationships. And that's, that's really one of the key foundations to, to bringing in that, that new world, which I completely agree uh, with. And, and I'll say, too, that, okay, we're not there as a world yet, but... It doesn't mean that we can't experience that for ourselves. I mean, I was in, when, when Celine was alive, I was in that kind of relationship. And I know what it's like. And I know that it's possible. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yeah, right, great. So maybe in the next lifetime I can... No, you can experience that now. You just have to know how to create it. It is absolutely possible to do that. And in fact... Uh, when we would coach couples together, my wife and I, our program was actually called Relationship Synergy because the, exactly what we were trying to teach them was how to have that kind of synergy in their relationship that we experienced ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got to take a, a quick break for the second sponsor and then I've got a bunch more questions I want to ask you about this. Okay. Are you a couple? Are your relationship and sex life where you want them to be? Are there changes you would like to make but just don't know how? Maybe you think there is nothing that can be done. I challenge you to make 2023 the year that changes. If you're not 100% happy with where your relationship or sex life is, then get help today and change your life. Go to kevinandceline.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples and schedule a strategy call with me today so we can map out a strategy to get you where you want to be. Again, that is kevinanseline.com forward slash sex dash coaching dash couples. I know it's a long URL. The link is in the description. Don't worry about it. You don't even have to remember it. Okay. So let's get back to this conversation because I think it's so powerful and so important. And I want to talk, when we had our previous uh pre-interview call for this, one of the things that came up was the fact that we were 
losing the foundation of what makes a partnership a partnership. And so I'm curious, from your point of view, what is the foundation that makes a partnership a partnership? Because we're talking about sacred partnerships and all this stuff. Like, like what does that mean? What's the foundation that, that one of those is built on? I don't know what I said then, but I'll say what I think now. <laughs> <laughs> and the foundation, as I see it, is energy flow. Energy is flowing between the couple and both parties are consistently nourished by the way that the energy is flowing. And I'll give a little bit more specifics, but that to me is the foundation. And what I see with my clients is that once I teach them that and I have them practicing while they're dating, once they, when they meet their guide, they know what, they know what it is. They know how to, how to create it. And they know when they've fallen out of it, how to get back to it, how to get back to that nourishing energy flow. In my opinion and experience, if a woman, the feminine energy partner, understands this and is, has consciousness of it and is able, to, is able to create it, and if she steps out, bring it back in, then that's actually incredibly enough. It's enough because healthy masculine men respond to women the healthy masculine energy responds to the feminine like we talked about at the beginning the masculine is never going to force the feminine if if he's healthy he's not going to control her he's not going to force her but he does want to lead but he wants to lead with her front and center her needs her feelings her comfort her desire right her feedback and so if she's in a place where she's sensitive to that energy flow and she's able to bring it back then the relationship has a solid in my opinion and experience lifelong foundation because think about it if the energy is flowing this is this is a lot of times what i hear from women oh we just don't have any attraction or we don't have communication we don't have a connection all those things signify that the energy isn't flowing right when the energy is flowing then why would you ever not want that? That's nourishing him, that's nourishing her. So why would you want divorce? Why would you leave that nourishing situation, right? Like it's it's very highly unlikely. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like impossible because it's working. People don't like leave what's working. I know sometimes people get triggered by certain unhealthy patterns and things happen. That's another issue, but... So, yeah, in my opinion, is that energy and the energy flow has to start with the masculine because they want to generate. That's what's nourishing to them is to be allowed to generate. It needs to be received by the feminine, appreciated and reciprocated. And then he needs to be allowed to generate again. And if that energy flows, I mean, it's so simple. It's so simple, but we've forgotten these things. We don't live them. We have messages that mess it all up, right? So once once that energy is flowing in that way, it's creating that synergy. And there's very little that can get in between healthy energy flow and a partnership. Nice, beautiful. So many little gems in there. Uh, I suggest you probably rewind a little bit and listen to that again. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. This, this idea of energy flow between the two and throughout 
history, there have been a lot of representations of that natural flow of energy, one of which, of course, being the classic yin-yang symbol, right? It's just the perfect example of that energy flow between the two. And there's many more from every, every culture that has existed has had some representation of that energy flow that you're talking about. Yes. And so, you know, at the beginning of this, uh, you know, the title of it was Are Modern Relationships Working? And What Can We Learn from the Past, right? Because I think today, too many people, they, they just want to say that everything in the past was old and just didn't work and we know better now and, you know, we can forget all that stuff. And I just think it's really important uh, to mention that there are some really valuable things from the past and from nature that we can take into our modern relationships. And if we really embrace that, we will see our relationships improve a lot. And the understanding that there is this energy flow between the two is one of them. So let me ask you this question. Let's say a woman realizes that that energy flow is not happening in the relationship. What can she do about it? She can ask for help, which would mean getting into her receptive energy. I I think almost every time that a woman um, isn't participating in the flow is because she's close to being vulnerable. And that could be because of a current hurt that happened with the partner that hasn't been addressed. I could it could be, and it often has to do with past relationships and past traumas and past wounds that she maybe didn't heal yet because she didn't have the, the right tools or the right knowledge or the right understanding. And so the first thing would be for her to get vulnerable to herself and then to her partner and ask for help. And a lot of times if she's judging him, if she's blaming him, if she is in a place where she's feeling um, like, you know, resistance to, to, his, to him and his energy, that's a problem because then the energy can't flow, right? Like she won't receive his energy. And if she, she doesn't receive his energy, he'll feel rejected which is very difficult, very difficult when you're a masculine being to be giving and to, and to feel rejected. It's very difficult. Right. And so what I tell women is just get back into what do you need? And just for God's sake, have the courage to really ask and give your masculine man that quality, priceless information about what you need because believe me he wants to provide it he wants to provide what most matters he wants to be your hero he wants to give you the water that you're craving so let him so get back into your feminine get back into your vulnerable and ask for help and that's really hard that's really hard for women because receiving is vulnerable you know, and so then we have to look at, okay, what is in the way? What needs to be healed so you can open your heart again? But yeah, if she can do that, then almost always the energy flow is restored because now she's able to receive again. Her heart is open again. She's asking for what she needs. The masculine is elated to know what it is and to be able to provide it. And there you go. It's flowing again. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you, you used a word in there that uh, my wife, Celine, used to use all the time. And Celine used to say, she was a, a big champion for men, and she used to say all the time, men want to be our heroes. <laughs> and she was absolutely right. We do want to be your hero. We don't, we don't just want to be seen as your hero, right? Like, because to say that yeah. we want to be seen as your hero might mean that we're not necessarily willing to do the work. We just, we just want to be seen as the hero. But the reality is we don't just want to be seen as your hero. We want to actually be, be. your hero. <laughs> yeah. Why, why was uh, Superman so popular in the culture decade after decade after decade? Because he was the symbol of a masculine, caring man who did the right thing, who showed up and saved the, the damsel in distress. He was that, that was, that was the role model right there. And we, as guys, all want to be that. How many people do you see today? You see it on famous sports players all the time. They have the Superman logo tattooed on their arm. They want to be Superman. Superman. They want to be your hero. But you as yeah. the feminine have to make space for that. If you don't allow us to be your hero, then we can't be it. And it's crazy because, you know, a lot of times women hold back. They hold back because from, from the feminine, the culture teaches us to be more taking care of others' needs than really being in touch with ourselves and knowing our own needs. And so women hold back that they think it's too much, like it's too much to ask, it's too much to say. So a lot of times if they haven't done the inner work, they don't even know what they need in that moment to be able to articulate it and communicate it and even ask for it, you know? And what's amazing to me, I just... I. I didn't know this. You know, I only learned this because I was such a disaster when I was dating. That's the only reason why I became a master is because I was such a disaster. And so I I had the, you know, my parents and I, I was actually born in communism. So we grew up in communism. So I grew up with that kind of no feminine and masculine. But the polarities were there because my mom was a feminine being and my dad was a masculine being. But it wasn't go working. The energy wasn't working, you know. And so I sort of was like feeling like I'm in a war zone because it wasn't working. It was so aggressive and difficult. And so that's what I started creating. So then I started looking at, okay, what is this? Like, how do I break this down and create something different? And I remember when I actually saw, like saw, you know, like put on a different set of lens because I studied with Alison Armstrong for years and actually saw like men want to be our hero. But like you said, they don't just want the title. I mean, unhealthy men will take the title without what goes with that, without the actual honor. Right. But a healthy man, he wants to provide, like he sincerely wants to provide what most matters. And I give the example of my husband getting this old blue trailer because it's the sexiest thing a man's ever done for me because this old blue horse trailer, because he brought that trailer and he's like, let's go get your horse. And that was my dream to have a horse, you know, and this old blue brick kitty horse trailer is like the sexiest gift any, any man's ever given me. And I still pass it on the way to the barn. 
I wrote a post about this. And so that mattered the most to me. And he saw that. He saw that. And he wanted to bring bring it to me, nourish me with with this huge gift of what mattered most, you know? So yeah, the healthy masculine wants that. And imagine if he never knew that I wanted a horse, then how would he provide what most mattered to me? He would never have known to go get that blue trailer that was the sexiest, most amazing gift any man's ever given me, right? Thank God I shared, right? So there's a lot, there's a lot of work and I I honestly work for women to do I think and I honestly say like a lot of women come and they say well do you work with couples what can I bring my partner it's like so often if the woman just does her piece it's like the relationship adjusts because healthy masculine men respond to the feminine I mean, men have their wounds too, right? They need help too. It's not, they're not perfect, but I'm saying as a whole, I feel like if the feminine can initiate that energy by being receptive and and in the feminine flow again and appreciating her partner, I mean, that, that goes a long way to restoring harmony. It sure does. And, you know, I do work with couples, but I'm going to throw something out there, right? I also, I started out primarily working with men and I got into working with couples with my wife and I'm continuing working with couples because I do enjoy working with couples. But my idea that I just had in this moment was women, like if you're working with Amelia and you're like, oh, I really like, how can my husband work with you? And, and Amelia, you're like, well, that's, I don't really do couples. I'm working with you. Let's focus on you. Send your men to me, right? Because you, yes. you can hear that Amelia and I are on the same page with this. Send yes. your men to me. I'll work with your men. Amelia will work with you. And together we will bring that synergy back. That's yes. It's a great yes. way to do it. Okay. Um, yeah. I got two last questions for you as we're getting very close to the end of the show. Already? Oh, my goodness. That I, was fast. I know. I knew, I knew this show was going to fly by quickly. So the question I had from you, for you is really what benefits can people expect to see in their lives and relationships if they can bring things back into balance? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweak that just a little bit here because you mentioned just a moment ago that you were a disaster and that's what led you to figure out how to become a master. So rather than just generically answering the question about what are the benefits people can see, if you could maybe talk from your own personal experiences, what benefits did you see in your own life and relationships as a result of making this shift? Ooh. Wow. I mean, it, it's, it went from me dating very unhealthy men and almost marrying somebody who was not, you know, he was not a healthy man. Like I would not have had a good life with him, but I just was modeling what I knew. Like I just was picking what I was shown as, as a relationship. So I picked a partner that I was modeled in my family of origin, you know, like many of us do. But yeah, when I started work, doing the work, um, I, you know, I, I was dating and so I was taking like all the understanding about the masculine, learning about men, understanding men. A lot of the work started for me with Alison Armstrong, Pat Allen, um, and started bringing it out into my dating. And little by little, I started to notice like, oh, wait, so men are not jerks. You know, that's <laughs> it's like they're not jerks, actually. They're 
they're kind of cool. And then it was like, and then I was like, oh, wait, wait, men are not selfish. Wait, they're, what? They want, they want to take care of me? Huh? And then it was like, wait, they're not, they're not after sex all the time. They actually want a connection. Like, and I started to experience these relationships with the men that I was dating and they got better and they got better and they got better. And I just, my own healing around some of the wounding that had happened because of my misunderstandings about men and my inability to pick healthy men. I was picking unhealthy people, unhealthy masculine people, right? And then I, you know, started dating these amazing men. You know, I started dating before I met my hubby. I had some really great dates. Um, I remember one guy where, where I met him. He was like just a few weeks before I met my hubby. And we had such a great connection. But he was moving. He was moving to Seattle. But we had such a nice time just a few weeks that we did date. And I was like, yeah, this is going well. Like, this is starting to go really well. And then pretty soon after I met my hubby and I remember um, – he, in the beginning, you know, I, and I don't, I didn't have sparks flying, you know, I don't teach that, you know, there was just a peace, a peace and a calm and a sense of, yeah, just a sense of peace with him, you know, and as I got to know him and I was able to bring in, he's for me. He's, if he's, is he a healthy man? Yeah, he is. If he, and he's for me. I can actually trust that he's for me. I can share what I need. I can I can ask for the things that mean the most to me that are scary to say out loud, you know? And then on his side, he led with such authenticity that it just, he made it so easy. You know, he made it so easy. And so, yeah, I went from just having these very difficult, very painful experiences with men to um meeting and marrying my hubby and that was 13 years ago and we have one daughter now she's nine and we almost we almost never have fights like once in a while usually it's me that yells yeah. <laughs> like I'll just get upset about something and and he's like he just comes and he's like what do you need are you okay are you okay what happened you know like he knows that you know if, if I'm yelling there's an issue that he can fix you know which is awesome which is awesome so, yeah, but definitely with, without, um, if I hadn't done that work, there's no, I would have, no way I would have this marriage. You know, there's no way. Well, there is so. no better testimonial uh, to doing the work and to the concepts and ideas that we've talked about on this show than that personal experience right there. And I can tell you, I had a similar experience on my end. I'm not going to go into my whole story with it, but the idea of when I realized what I needed to do as a man and stepped into that, how I saw my relationships shift dramatically as well. So, and and you mentioned um, a couple times throughout the show Alison Armstrong's work, and my wife was a huge fan of Alison Armstrong as well. We actually had Alison on the show. We were super excited to have her on the show because we love her work. She's also. amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this stuff is, it's real and it works. Speaking of which, if somebody listening to this is like, okay, I'm in, how do I do this? 
Where can they find more from you, Amelia? Well, if you're a man, go to Kevin. Because I don't, I'm not an expert in working with men. But if you're a woman, you can find me at Amelia Nagy, N-A-G-Y, AmeliaNagy.com. And I have a blog. I have a contact me form. Also on my Facebook profile, if you search Amelia Nagy, um, I'm a avid writer. So I almost every day post something about th- these kinds of topics that women love to read. And so those are the ways you can find me. All right. Link will be in the description. So check that out. Okay. Last question. It's a question that we ask everybody that is on the show. And that is, what is your best sexual talent? I think it's being wild. But when I say wild, I don't mean positions. I don't mean um, toys. I don't mean appendages. (laughs) I mean organic, raw, real, natural, the way that I was made as a woman and, and all that's all I need, you know? And, and I think I have, I have that gift and that blessing to be able to do that. And so, you know, with that, with that there, we can enjoy that sacred sexuality that we can create as human beings. Um, And it's been awesome in my marriage because with my hubby grew up in a really religious upbringing. So he, he had what I see a lot of people carry like a lot of guilt and a lot of like shame and, and, and heaviness around sexuality. And so I, I just remember praying like, God, I, 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 I just give me, give me what I need to be the right wife for him, you know, and not just sexually, but in every way, but in, but sexually too. And God was like, no, you are because, you know, I, because I didn't have that upbringing, I just like embraced the organic nature of, of how God made me as a sexual being, you know? And so I think that's a gift I bring. That's a beautiful gift. I, if I would sort of rephrase that in my own words, it would be like uh, harnessing and embracing the power of female sexual energy, like really embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. Just what, what's naturally there, what, you know, what we're created to be divine beings. And it's, it doesn't have anything to do experiencing that spiritual connection through sex has nothing to do with like what modern things teach us. Like it's not about positions or how you do the blow job. It has nothing to do with that at all. You know, (laughs) it's really all about who you be. (laughs) Yes. Who you be indeed. Yeah. Well, Amelia, I want to thank you for coming on the show, having this conversation with me. It flew by super fast. We are already at an hour long. <laughs> we yeah. could keep going, but I think I think we did a pretty good job of getting the, the essence of what we wanted to communicate here with this out to the audience. Yeah, and thank you. You you did amazing with pulling pulling gems, letting me come up forward with gems with your <laughs> questions. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, thank you one more time for being on the show. And everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode. And I will see you next week. 
We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs>